What's up, bees? Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Brit on Blast podcast, where we put everything and anything on blast. I feel like I'm yelling, but what is this week's roundup? <laughs> you kind of are yelling, um, <laughs> but that's the kind of energy we have today here. It is. We Today we have Nicole from Adornment by Nicole. Yes. This She is a silversmith here in Reno, and I don't know if you guys follow her. If you don't, you need to, because oh her content is the best in her jewelry. It, we're going to get into it, and it is it's just another level of jewelry making um and i we both have a couple of her pieces and they i mean i wear my i i think i wear my earrings from nicole at least six times a week and the only time i don't have them on is sunday and that's because i'm not going anywhere so her jewelry is the absolute best um and i just can't wait to hear her talk she's so wise and she balances so much and i think that you guys are going to gain a ton of knowledge and a ton of tips on just how to run a business and um, how to create and just the process of creating. And so I'm really excited to get into this. I'm super excited. I actually met Nicole and I met like in right when things were opening up in COVID times and we went to like a woman's thing and I, we did this like weird thing. Remember we had to do that lineup situation. It was very awkward and I hate those. Like, oh my gosh. Those like That's 10 second anxiety. Yeah. Like the 10 second intros and, and I could tell you were nervous too. It wasn't, it's not even nervousness for me. It's just like, this is awkward. I have 10 seconds and then it's not efficient. Like people aren't moving in the line right. And you're like, sort it out. It's not that hard. You go right, you go left. Everybody will match up. Like don't just settle down, everybody. That's so you. Sort it out. Sort it out. It's not hard. And so it's very projector of me. And um, she was wearing this most incredible jewelry. And I was like, where is your jewelry from? She's like, I make it. I was like, no, you don't. You're like, huh? Yeah, but I only had 10 seconds. So that was kind of where we ended. <laughs> and then um, and then years late, like a year later, I met her at ladies night. And I was like, oh, my God, you're the jeweler that I met all these that year ago. So now I have a OK, well, I got the most beautiful ring from her at ladies night. And then I flung it off my finger and mm. lost it forever. But then she made this incredible wolf ring and then she had it dipped in gold for me, which she just does silver. So that was like the blessing of my life. And then she made a bolo tie that was, she didn't make it for me, but I was like, did you make this for me? Cause it's totally. my birthstone. That's how and her then all black. jewelry feels. You mm-hmm. feel like it, you, when you see it, you're like, I have to have that. That's made for me. I've never owned a bolo tie in my life, mm-hmm. but I have a pink one and it is my favorite piece of jewelry to wear. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just feel like I remember my sister did a shoot with you. And she came home and was like, we're going to start wearing bolo ties. And I think I met the nicest person that walks the planet. And I was like, yep, that sounds about right. After I met you, I was like, that's her. There she is. Yeah. So. So we're going to get into an interview with her. We pretty much just told you our entire intro, but we'll go back and say the intro again. Probably. Yes. (laughs) But um, I want to know a little bit. We're going to switch this up because um, my dad said something to me this week that really hit home and it's going to sound really harsh. But my dad is from the School of Hard Knocks, which I kind of appreciate sometimes. And he um, said to me this week um, that he had learned a new phrase and he said, um, no one cares, work harder. And I really loved that. So in light of that, I want to kind of move away from telling you guys how our week went because nobody cares. We work really hard. And that's all you need to know. Um, I want to talk about what we learned. Like, what did I'm re- reading the book um, by Ed Milet, the new one that he ju- it's it's the his power newest one. one, The Power of One More. Mm-hmm. And it was just talking about your circle and how you like, um, you know, you are the sum of the people around you, which I know that we've talked about before. But also the what you have closest to you is what you produce within your space. And I've noticed that because I always think about, and we were talking about this right before the show started, like ever since I met Britain, it's like our relationship allows us to move forward in a way that I've never experienced before with another person. I maybe have this with like 
maybe one other person. I mean, obviously I've had to nix a lot of people in the last year and um, I've really had to like readjust my circles. And it just talks about like the scope of all of the relationships that you have, but like your inner circle, who's in that circle and how that can really propel you forward. So that was my big learning. And I know that I've like felt that before, but it truly is like, I mean, those two things, like nobody cares work harder. Like Britain called to check in on me and was like, Hey, how's it going? And I was like, I don't like, it is what it is. Like, we're just working hard and like getting it done. And, but she didn't like make me dwell on anything. And I've had friendships where people are like, yeah, but you had to do all that by yourself. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't think like that. I can't think like that. I just needed to get this work done. It's now done. And Britain's response to me was just think about how much more you're going to be able to make and think about how exciting this is going to be once you get it all done and like keeping me in that positive mindset. I know we talked about that on the Jesse Corletto podcast that we had last week where it was like changing your mindset and like changing your mindset about giving and changing your mindset about the work that you do and how that can really impact you. So that was like my big learning in the last like week and a half. Well, you've had to do a lot of hard things and you've Mm -hmm. taken major steps. So you're in like this growth period Mm -hmm. that is so uncomfortable. And you know what? I feel like because we were talking about growth yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, we're always in a growth period. Mm -hmm no matter what, when you have a small business. And um, even if you push pause on your business and you're on vacation, you're still growing because when you're on vacation, you come back, you think of all the things that you want to change or do. Like it is a constant progression of growth and transition and it's never comfortable. And that's what like we were talking yesterday. And then I was like, yeah, sometimes it's more extreme, Mm -hmm. but it's always there. And right now you're like taking that huge leap and it's amazing but at the end of the day, nobody cares. Nobody cares. But you that's another thing that we shouldn't be doing it for other people. Mm-hmm. Like if we are in our businesses for the for our why, yeah, then we shouldn't care about like our circles and like what they think or, you know, what why aren't they like giving us kudos or why you know what I mean? And it's like cuz they don't care. And in reality, they have their own lives, their own transition periods, their own growth periods going on. They don't have the time to think about if the babe cave is, you know, operating, <laughs> right. you know, if and the like, Wi-Fi went out or not, yeah, you know, like, right. I think, and even when we say that, I know we talk a lot about small businesses. I know some people don't own a small business that listen to this, but I think it is important to realize I was just having a conversation with Lauren, my marketing coordinator. And she was like, we were talking about relationships and I was like, you need to learn how to validate yourself. You cannot be expecting whoever you're in a relationship with. And hers was like a past relationship. And it's like, you cannot expect anybody to validate you. Like these things that you want to do to get a reaction or to make yourself feel better. Do you don't need to involve anybody else in that process in order to feel better or to move past or to get the closure that you need. And I really have learned that in the last year, like, The less I involve people in my feelings, the better I feel. And that doesn't mean that means like the more I can feel for others, the more I can care for others without any conditions on them. Like I can truly care about my neighbors in the way that I used to without having that like, well, you didn't do the thing for me or like I needed that sort of thing. Like you're really just validating yourself and like getting to be unconditional with others because you rely all on your own. Yes. Does that make any sense? 100%. I think that kind of the theme of that whole statement was like your relationship with yourself is the most important Mm -hmm. relationship. And it goes back to like, you have to fill your cup first before you can fill others. But like getting to know yourself Mm -hmm. and validating yourself and what makes you motivated and what why you're doing what you're doing. And then from there, you don't need the validation of others because you have the validation from yourself. Yep. And that's like the very core. I mean, obviously, if you have a spouse or other very close relationships, you have to consider other people. But I'm just saying like the day to day in I just like I said today, I was like, I've been working so hard on having Zen and my mental health. I had like my first Reiki session last weekend. And that's kind of my biggest takeaway was like, you need to get to know you. Mm -hmm. You need to focus on yourself, not in a selfish way, but like just get to know the relationship with you. Like, what do I want as a person and like what makes me feel successful, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's different for every person. 
And so it's like not what society tells you, but like what makes you successful. There's a meme going around right now that's like, um, you know, sis, there's like two people in a relationship. You can't just blame him, like also blame his mother. That shit's not your fault. And like, I have a serious problem with that. Like, no, it's not his mom's fault. It's not his fault. It's your fault. Mm -hmm. It's you have to take just as much responsibility for all of the things that you accepted, all of the things you allowed to have happen, your behavior in a relationship and all of your relationships in order for you. And the only way that you can do that is to, to your point, get comfortable with yourself and know who you are so that And my thing now is like when I'm entering new relationships, if I feel the need to shift in any way outside of who I am, I'm like, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. I'm out. I'm not doing this. Well, and I think like, yeah, when you say that in a relationship, it's not to like not get into relationships, but like when there's a red flag or let's say there's a failure in the relationship, that just brings clarity. Right. So that's another thing that I've just been thinking. Like, it's not failure. It's just clarity. And it continues you on your journey a lot faster. Mm -hmm. So it's like, the more that you fail, the more clear life. It, like we don't yeah. know everything, and there it's learning. I mean, and we're ashamed for about things that we don't know. Well, how are we supposed to know everything? Yeah. You're we're ashamed when our relationships fail because we didn't know that someone who has a substance abuse problem or he had a substance abuse problem. Right. Let's just say that it's like well, that's clarity. So we take that into our next relationship, right? Exactly. And so it's like just that alone yep. is like just continuing on and learning from you know, your past and I don't want to say mistakes or failures, but just learning from the past. Yeah. Learning. That's mm -hmm. what we do here. Um, speaking of which, let us educate you on our events that we have this week. What do you, we don't, ha I don't have anything this week. Do you? I do not. So yeah, this week it, I do rest. No, oh, yeah, you. Oh, I thought you said, yeah, you do. I was like, I probably forgot something. Where, where am I, <laughs> where's the truck supposed to be? Um, this week, so Friday is my five-year wedding anniversary, and so we're going on a little trip. Um, I cannot believe it's been five years. It makes me feel very old and weird, but... Um, well, congratulations. I'm very excited about that, but I also just... I um, Next week is ladies' night. Yeah. And I have been seeing... You know, social media can be such a poisonous thing mm -hmm. because I've been seeing so many different things about, like, pop-ups and... Um, like just different events going on that are like very similar to ladies night, which obviously like anyone can mimic or copy anything yeah. that you do. Like there is no patent on pop-up events. And I understand that, but like I was getting like very insecure, like, well, why is this a try? Like, but I was just thinking like the quality of the pop-ups in mm -hmm. our customer service and like what we do um is the most important thing and how we make people feel so i just had to like revert back into our why and know that like sometimes it's not always best to just do more or hustle more because it dilutes yep it dilutes everything across the board so i'm just like it's okay we don't have a pop-up this week and it's great it's summer everyone's out camping ever no one has a schedule right now like i was like this is a perfect time to just like take a break and then come back and deliver that like quality pop-up event that we do when we all come together and share talents and like just create those great vibes that we do. But also that's a very big difference in like the big scheme of things is like, that's why you create multi-channel. Mm -hmm. Like that's why you have a multi-channel um, business. Like totally. you don't rely only on the pop-up so mm -hmm. that you can do these things and exactly. support other small businesses and create really high vibe community events. And I know we've talked about that and we've said that is like, it's not really ladies night, it's community night. Right. And there's like the, that little magic behind the event. And you know, when you go to those events and it either like has it or it doesn't, the vibes are either there or they're not. And it's like, I think that when everyone comes together and truly wants the person next to them to be successful, that's when you yep. create that kind of magic and people get drawn in and want to be there, want to be a part of it. And I think we're going to have a ball pit or some sort of thing. Yeah. That's yeah. adult ball pits. I'm here for it. Yeah. No, this ladies night is going to be awesome. And yeah, I feel like we've gone way over our intro. We absolutely did. Let's get so, into the goal. Yeah, I can't wait. So Britt, why intentional candles for mental health? Because building healthy habits around your intentions can have a positive impact on not only your mental health, but your overall productivity. I wanted to create a premium non-toxic candle that reminded my customers 
that life is complex and we can live in the and space. Talking about mental health and mental illness doesn't always have to be scary or depressing. Uh, sometimes it can be fun and enlightening. We are wildly unique and expansive creatures as we've talked about on the podcast before. And we can be many things in a day. And sometimes we just need to light a candle to remind ourselves who the fuck we are and what we are capable of. I 100% agree with that. Plus your candles smell so good and they fill up my whole house. I hear you have something special for our listeners. I do. I have a little promo for our bees. Y'all can head to havenandflux.com and use code BOB20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. I hope y'all enjoy. Nicole is a silversmith located here in Reno. She has been creating for 17 years doing her work, um, and she's been doing silversmith work for about six years. Her business has been in operation for two years, and for Nicole, it is more of a way of life. Making jewelry is her creative outlet and her calling. Her style is unique and definitely a statement, and you know her hands have been on it by simply looking at the piece. Her work is on another level of detail and perfection, and we are in awe that she is located here in Reno and that we get to share this space with her today. Um, Britt and I both have pieces from mm -hmm. her. Uh, Britt talked about the wolf ring and the bolo ties. I wear her earrings almost every single day, and it's just such a, I mean, I, I feel truly honored to have her and her creative self here in the studio with us today, so... We've been trying to get her on the podcast for a minute, but we've been like chaotic. And so scheduling has been out of control. She what messaged me. She was like, was I supposed to be on the podcast this week? I was like, oh, whoopsies. So I am so excited to have her here. She's also a listener, um, which is great. And I, she also loves human design as much as we love human. Probably, I don't know. Do you love it as much as we love it? Probably not as much as okay, you love it. Because I love it. <laughs> um, but she's a generator. So we learned or I learned recently that generators and projectors work really well together because mm -hmm. they have so much energy that they just have constant, which makes sense. So Natalie Mills is a generator. Lauren Benson, who's my marketing coordinator, is a generator. Bridget Murdoch is a generator. Mm -hmm. And yes. so all of these generators, we go really well because we can kind of direct their energy. Definitely. And that makes sense for creating for you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I When I hear that, it's like, I don't know any other way. And and when I heard my human design, I was like, oh, okay, it's, you know, that makes sense. And that mm -hmm. gives me validation of why, like, I can't stop making things. If I'm not making jewelry, I'm doing something, like, with my hands mm -hmm. at my house oh my with my kids. Like, I have to have my hands busy all the time. So, anyways, it's just very much, I'm, I feel aligned when well, I heard I was a generator. Thank you so much for taking the oh time to be here. You're you a busy woman. Thank um, you. Let's just dive into it. Tell okay. us about the process of creating. Um, you mentioned to us earlier, you start with a stone, but just elaborate on this process. Sure. So um, it depends on if I'm working on a custom piece with the client or I'm just having a free form creative process, which has become my new favorite recently. I've been moving away from customs and just doing what my heart says. And when it starts with that, I just pick up the stone. Um, I was telling you guys earlier that it all starts with the stone. If I fall in love with the stone, which to me is immediate, I feel like it's the same thing when you are talking to somebody and you have an ener kinetic mm -hmm. energy with them, it's, it's immediate. And so if I fall in love with the stone, I've gotten like good enough to even know online if a stone has that magic and be able to buy, um, which has been important the last couple of years, people to source stones online. Um, so it starts with that. If I feel that magic connection with the stone, I set it out. Sometimes I just play with metal and I have my pliers and I just explore. Like I love keeping scraps around my desk so I can grab some scraps. And sometimes like something that was a, a no-go on a last project is actually perfect for this project. And I kind of work around with the metal. That's usually what I do. But sometimes I sketch things out um, if I can't be at my studio like recently so this necklace I'm wearing, mm -hmm. um, I was on a trip and I took photos of these stones because I knew I wanted to do something with it. And so I was able to like sketch on the airplane and I sketched out the design mm -hmm. for this. Oh, 
So I do sketch sometimes, but my go-to is definitely playing with the metal and the stones in my hands. Like I'm a very hands-on. You're very tactile. It yes, like. very much so. And that's amazing because looking at that necklace, she's wearing this beautiful necklace right now. And it's definitely a statement piece. It has is that five stones. Yeah. Um, and it's big. And Sapphires it's like, too, right? Yeah. For you to be able to just kind of hold the stone and then just know what to sketch out like that just blows my mind like it's, it's just I feel like it be, I, a little bit of the um experience I have has gotten me to the point to be able to do that um you know I've I've made enough pieces where I can like kind of see in my mind's eye what what it's going to end up looking like so it wasn't always that way well, and I think like I have two things came to mind when you said the energy of the stone, because when we were talking, when we were doing the intro today, I was thinking of to myself like, yeah, that's like, it's crazy how you've created something where the wolf piece, for example, was different. And then you helped me create it, make mm -hmm. it fit my daily life with the bolo tie. It was like energetically immediately. I was like, that is the that is the bolo tie for me. Like yeah. I could not live without that. And it wasn't like. You know, it's precious stones and like yeah. high quality. So like I was normally you think about a purchase like that, but I was like, I can't live without this piece. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I think that's really magical that you can do that because I don't think a lot of jewelers have that capability or silversmiths or goldsmiths or anything like that. And then the other thing that I was thinking was, can you talk to us a little bit? Because don't you do wax molds? Yeah, so that's something I, I started doing this year. And so it's a totally different process. Yeah. That has to be like completely thought out ahead of time before I even touch the wax, or at least from my understanding of it so far. Um, I have to sketch it out and it's like working backwards. It's like carving a statue. You have the brick of, mar of marble and you have to work into it to, mm. to find the piece, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what lost wax casting is, is you have a hunk of wax and you carve into it. So with the wolf ring, it was um, starting with a hunk of wax, getting it to be this circle shape, the coin shape, flattening it out, and then um, sketching out the little design on the wax and carving, carving, carving. Yeah. And then Gosh. it gets gets casted um, in molten metal, which is totally different than what I do, which is I hold a fire to my metal and um, basically solder pieces together. So it's a very different technique. And that's been a lot of fun to explore. Um, when I'm working with the wax, it's like out, it takes hours and hours, but it's such a meditative thing. Like I can mm -hmm. put in, I usually for that, I'll put in an audible book because I can like really dig in and lose like hours. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. It's really fun. I, and you called it a little like sketch. It is in like, it's, it's so detailed. It's on, it's this, the size of a coin, but like the wolf is so detailed oh, and you did you. that out of wax that is it's insane. a totally different high for it's, creating it's so fun and this ring i get more compliments on this ring than any other ring than i was married and had a nice stone on my hand at one point and <laughs> you like, guys are so sweet and i and i got more compliments i get more compliments on this yeah it's pretty incredible so you've been making jewelry for 17 years but strictly doing silversmith work for six tell us like a little bit about how you got started sure. in this and like the training that it yeah Be requires because i mean you're dealing with hot right fire like you have a torch and yeah. all the things like i don't even want to say it wrong but like just tell us the training that is needed to sure. do and create the way you do so i have a maybe it's similar to other silversmiths but i didn't get formally trained like a, a goldsmith or a silversmith might um i grew up in the bay area and had this like very square job at a health insurance office. Um, and then me and my brothers decided to move to Tahoe when I was like 22. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I'll just find a, you know, insurance gig. It was a union job. So I was like, I'll find a union job. I get to Tahoe and I'm like, oh, it's a resort town. Like there's no <laughs> health insurance jobs. Um, so a few weeks into wandering around looking for a job, I got a job at a bead store. And that was the beginning of what I discovered my passion was, was creating jewelry. I had no idea. I mean, immediately I had three tools in my hand and I couldn't, I was obsessed. Like I was just basically wire wrapping in all of my spare time, which is playing with wire and stones and making pieces. Um, so through that, people started to want to buy those pieces I was making. And I would just kind of reinve reinvest every time I would sell something, buy a new tool, buy more beads, buy more stones, just kind of always having it as like a side thing that I did on top of working my beat store job. 
eventually I ended up managing that store and the store in Reno. Um, always had my little, I did like craft fairs with my wire wrap jewelry and it was always gemstones. Always I fell in love with gemstones. Um, and then when I got pregnant with my son, who's now going to be seven soon, um, I heard about this silversmith out of Silver City. It's like the most perfectly magical yes. place to learn. <laughs> how like, this guy that he built his own house with his hands in Silver yeah. City. Um, it's like on top of the Comstock load. It was really cool. So I, I heard about him. I had called him up and he I went to his little studio and he taught me how to solder. And I was like, okay, I need a torch. Like the, I can't, I can't keep coming out here. I need a torch in my house because I'm a very hands-on learner. So I went to see him just about two times and got a torch, set it up and just kept exploring. Like I'm very much a type of person who wants to try things. Um, I just that's I feel like what keeps me moving and my jewelry evolving is I get bored doing the same thing. So I just want to try. I just want to keep trying, trying, trying. So um, that's how I mostly was self-taught for a long time. And um started setting stones at that stage and had and then got pregnant with my daughter and took a step back from silversmithing because I wasn't sure the fumes and being pregnant there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of good information on on that and I was I don't know if my setup was really all that great either um for fumes and so I took a step back and then um when it came back on it was full on like wow once I lit that torch up a couple years ago, I, I haven't looked back. Immediately, like all my same clients were were there waiting for me on Instagram and buying. Pe- I it was like the railroad train took off. Like oh. it was amazing. So it's been a couple of years of a whirlwind of adventure and creation. Yes. It's been amazing. And you sell a ton of jewelry, which is amazing. It's really I, I I'm like feel like the most blessed person in the world that I get to create and that people fall in love. Like the way you guys were talking about how you fall in love with the piece. And um, I feel like almost as I'm creating it, I'm like giddy with finding out who is going to fall in love with it. Because I know, I know if I am following my intuition on a piece, I know it's because it's for somebody and I can't wait to meet that person. And it's always really cool. Like, oh, you're who I made this for, even though I didn't know at the time. And so it's really, really cool. I'm blessed. Britain, tell us what BLFT is all about because you know it's my favorite place to shop. The Biggest Little Fashion Truck is a family-owned and operated boutique on wheels. We got started five years ago because I had this deep desire to make women feel more confident. And I found out that one of the many ways you can enhance your confidence was through clothing. Hence our why, confidence through clothing. We love some confidence in our lives. We pride ourselves in bringing back that old school expertise in customer service by providing an experience, whether it be at our pop-up events around town. We love the pop-up events. I'm at those with her all the time and they are fire. Or we have a storefront, the Babe Cave. We just want each and every babe to feel better and be ready to be seen after shopping with us. Shop us online at the Babe Cave or our pop-up events at local businesses around town. We can't wait to see you. And a little something special we have for you. Use promo code BOB20 for 20% off your purchase online. Hell yeah, I'm gonna be shopping today. that so much like that whole that is like such a universal thing where it's like you know you're the create it's like that full circle thing we jesse was just talking about that last week where it's like the circle of like everything is just a circle it all just comes back around and yeah. like every little thing like every little piece you make is intended to go to somebody else who's gonna love it and care for it and like and then it just circles back around i mean that's literally not i mean obviously now i have to bring it back to business sense but it's like that word of mouth, like it goes back mm-hmm. to that word of mouth is like, you're creating such an experience. Like the fact that, and maybe that's where the energy comes back from, from these pieces. It's like, you might not, cause that's not jewelry. I've sold jewelry my whole life. Like mm-hmm. jewelry can make you feel good about yourself, but it doesn't always make you feel the way. Like I don't wear my bolo tie every day, but it hangs where I can see it every day mm-hmm. because it brings me joy mm-hmm. every time I see it. So like, a piece like that doesn't, it's hanging around a, a cattle skull too. So oh, it's like a cattle skull. Perfect. It's so decor. Perfect. It's decor. Yeah. But I think yes. that that's like, you know, it. that's what sets you apart from everybody else. And I think that. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm just 
really fascinated by that. Um, do you, this is your full-time gig, huh? This is my full-time gig outside of being a mom, but yeah, yeah my kids, um, when they're in school, I'm five days a week, six hours of, you know, like I drop them off, I go to my studio, I'm in there, I go pick them up. So yeah. full-time gig outside of being my mom, my hey, mom role. And you're, um, you're in a house of entrepreneurs as well. My Yes. My husband, he's so he it's helpful to have him as my husband yeah. because um, Wes King, he owns Tahoe Trail Bar. That's my husband. Yeah. And he's full on business. He sales like you like his brain is so wired for that. He's so <laughs> smart. It's crazy. And my brain just doesn't work like that. Like I am fully just a creative and mm -hmm. an accidental entrepreneur because I create. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do find business fascinating, but like it's just not the way his brain works. So he's very inspiring to me. Um, and he was the first person to show me like back when we first, we've been together for like 17 years, the whole time wow. I've been in Tahoe and wow. in Reno, we've been together for a long time. And he's, he's like born entrepreneur. Um, always been an, since he was kids, he's got like stories to tell. Um, and I've been in a family of people that go to work and get a paycheck every two weeks. And so when I first met him, he was the first person that believed in me to be like, this is something you need to look into. You need to make a business out of this um, and take that leap from getting a paycheck every two weeks to not knowing where the money was going to come from. Mm -hmm. That's like a big mindset shift. Oh, yeah. And and I definitely found him for inspiration for that. It's scary. It's very scary. There's, it's a totally different yes, world. There's no way around it. Yeah. It's very scary. But somehow... If you work hard and you mm -hmm. put out mm -hmm. what you're meant to do, it comes yes. back to you. Yes. Somehow, and it's yeah. not always great, mm -hmm. but somehow you get through, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. It's I was just talking to another salesperson about this the other day, and this is the downfall and the blessing of a salesperson is that we have the mindset that money, as fast as it can be lost, it can be gained. Mm -hmm. So we spend and we make money quickly. Mm -hmm. And because we know that there's always that we're not right. that risk aversion, like for better or for worse, like I don't have it mm -hmm. when it comes to money. And I know that that's a little bit scary, I think, especially for people who get into a relationship with me. But because I know that I can go and make more of it quickly. Yeah. And I know that it's like that is the one thing. Other things don't always seem so abundant to me, but money is that's awesome. And yeah. it doesn't mean I always have a lot of it. It just means that like there's access to there's a lot no of it some it. way, shape yeah. or form. I can get it. Um, do you mind? I'm going to be annoying. What's his, um, human design? Oh gosh. I think he's a generator as well. Okay. Um, oddly. Cause yeah. when I was talking to you at the beginning of this, I was like, yeah, he seems like a projector like you, but no, I think he's actually a generator. Okay. What's the, what's the second generator type? Manifesting. Generator. I think he's a manifesting generator. I feel like generator. we had this conversation off yeah. air before and yeah. I feel like it might be because I thought he was a projector as well. Cause I've met yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you just explained being a wife and having two kids and mm -hmm. Esme is this, I, your older son I've met, but he's very calm and kind of manages yeah. the situation. Esme is, I love that kid. <laughs> she is She's a fiery little thing. I love it oh so my gosh. much. She is a fire. You're sweet to just remember her name. I always think that's so sweet when people remember <laughs> my kids' names. She is such a firecracker. Like I just watch her and I'm like, who are you and where do you get this from? I am amazed at watching her get older. I don't know what she's gonna do with herself, but it's gonna be big. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> she's, she's awesome. hilarious. She's a cool kid. She I, runs the world in it, her mind. <laughs> I think, and also Perfect. confidence is key. Yes, she's very confident. I love that. Which I think is so important. Like, I'm really glad that Cohen, my son, yeah. is like a thinker, and he's he's just like very inward, and Esme is very outward, and I. I think that's going to suit them as being like boys and girls. Mm -hmm. I feel like we don't need any more like out outward, you know, aggressive yeah. boys. We can need some more outward aggressive girls. And so I'm glad that also they have bounce those. them like because mm -hmm. he can watch yes. her and she can watch him and yeah. they'll learn so much from each other as siblings. Like what a great gift. I know. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I the only reason why I had a second child is so that Cohen could have a sibling Aww. like it, being a mom is a lot and having birth and giving birth yeah. the whole thing is it took me a while it took me three years to have the second one because I was like I don't know if I can do this but it was all for like I, I really want siblings because there's so much to learn every day I'm like they're fighting but they're learning how to navigate the world <laughs> you right know? yes yeah. definitely it, having siblings is important it's almost like 
an, an extra pair of hands like to help raise because mm-hmm. you kind of help raise each other. Yeah. You're like, and don't you want to hear it from your sibling? Like, bro, that's not cool. Yes. Like, don't do that. Or like, this is what you need to be doing. This is where you need to be. Like, yes. Siblings just counter. Yeah. And then as an adult, like no one knows what you went through better than your siblings. Mm-hmm. Totally. You Friends, have that partners. Common. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my missing piece. That's mm-hmm. my link. Cause mm-hmm. I grew up with a sibling and then now I'm an only child and I'm not mm-hmm. an only child. It's just that all of that partnership that I had growing up with my brother is just like, I, it's not there anymore. And that mm-hmm. that's definitely it's like, like a death in some no, ways. It is. I tell people that all the time. It's like experiencing a death. It's not yeah. to make this about me, but I, yeah, that's, that's like a heavy thing. To definitely move through a rough situation. But um, I want to know how like you balance it all. How do you? Because that's a big thing. I have struggled with just the dog <laughs> and the business. Yeah, it it's, seems hard. It's a lot. I'm not gonna lie. It is a lot. And some days it feels empowering to do it all. And some days I feel defeated. Like it just depends on the day. Um, I approach my business very intuitively like I don't have these goals for five years I'm kind of like three months out what do I want to be doing six months out maybe a year you know um recently I did a big shift in my business I moved away from customs which I was working primarily in customs um and into closing my customs and taking the summer to be and a mom and go on vacation and also work towards these pieces I want to make for this art show coming up and Um, I had to cut my customs off in order to do that. Um, and it was really hard decision, but I'll tell you, as soon as I decided it, I was like, my shoulders lifted. I felt so much relief. And looking back at that, I didn't know it at the time, but I don't know how I would have done this summer if I hadn't closed my customs. Cause at, at the rate I was doing things, like I was walking into my studio stressed and that's Mm -hmm. not how I want to come to my studio. I don't want to be making any pieces from that mindset. So I'm just glad I did it. I think once I open my customs back up, it'll be, a you know, an exciting, exciting new thing and I'll be ready for it. Um, but that was like a big, as far as balance go, that was a big, important thing that I needed to do in my business. And I just did that intuitively. And I look back and I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I did that. That's awesome. I think that's such a healthy thing because mm-hmm. we deal with that with private labels. And I took a break recently. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling you, I've got to take a break from this because the designing for somebody else as a designer is very hard and like mm-hmm. branding for somebody else. Cause branding is my thing. Mm-hmm. That's not fun to do for somebody else. I don't, yeah. I have a hard time doing that. Like if I'm really partnered with somebody and we're creating something together, that's different. But when somebody comes to you and says, can you, I have this idea, but can you execute it and like make it come to life? And then what happens and that people don't realize happens is there's a lot of like hard stops along the way where they're like, Oh, I know I said I wanted that tiny thing there but can you quickly just change it? And especially in silver mm-hmm. smithing, like quickly change what? Like yeah. that's set. There's yeah. no, like that's not coming right. out And there. it's like not even their fault. It's just they might not have that vision like we do. Right. And until they see it, they don't know they don't like it. And right. so it's like, it's just a, it's just a different beast. Yeah. And um, hopefully when I do open them back up, I'm going to have them limited. And I think that's where the yeah. balance is. Like, okay, I have a handful a month I know I can do and not let the floodgates open yeah. and then find that balance there. Um, cause it is a fun thing. Like I do like co-creating and I think it's magical to see them light up when you're like, look what I made for you. Yeah. Um, but it's a balance. Like I have to keep loving it and I'm sure it's the same thing. Like totally. it has to come from your heart mm-hmm. rather than like a stressful part of your, your job because this is your life. Your yeah. job is your life. Well, and I'm, I'm making one now that's like really giving me fuel because it's about our home and you know, I have mm-hmm. the hometown heroes and I refuse to get rid of them. And like, I'm excited to launch that. But anyway, I, you have a nugget in there that I want to talk about because I, everybody's, I'm on an Ed Milet kick right now, just because I'm in this book and he talks about short sprints. Okay. And you just kind of discuss that, like with your goal setting, we talk about five years, 10 years, all of this as humans, we procrastinate a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. So like you think about when you have something due in college, then you just wait and wait and wait and put it off. And he talks about Mm -hmm. breaking his days into three chunks. And so you, he works from like six to 12, 12 to six and six to 12. Mm-hmm. And those are like, or not works, but like he breaks his day into those three pieces. And he says, I have, you know, when everybody else gets, you know, seven days in a week, I'm getting 21 days in a week. That's kind of an extreme concept, mm-hmm. but I started doing that a little bit more where like, I know I have to get all this stuff done before I go on this family vacation. So I'm fast tracking everything up. And it's instead of doing like, this is my 10 year plan 
to your point, Mm -hmm. you're setting short-term goals. So how are you setting your short-term goals? I want to like, do you feel like you're getting to the finish line faster by setting, setting, I can't talk, setting shorter term goals or? I really wish I had like a good answer for you. I'll go back to just telling you, like I've really worked from my intuition Mm -hmm. um, and what feels good. And that might be a little woo-woo and I feel a little bit like, underwhelming with that answer but but that's truly how it goes and sometimes i make these decisions intuitively and it's like the rear rear view window mirror effect i look back and i'm like oh my gosh now i see why i did that and i feel like as entrepreneurs that's a really important Mm -hmm. tool is to have an intuition and to listen to it because i've heard you guys talk about this like other people telling you what to do with your business doesn't always make sense to you you're running your business you know where you want to be um, so I just work very intuitively. And like when I made this decision to shut off my customs, I, I wasn't sure of the whole picture. And then I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've, I've opened up a new door. When I shut that door, I opened up a new door. I've leveled myself up. I want to be making pieces like this all the time. I want to make gallery pieces. Yeah. Like I want to move away from the little dinky things. I want to think, you know, spending hours on a project rather than like, you know, a half a day. All right, so you guys know that I live for Western wear, specifically my boots and my hat. So I wanna talk a little bit about a brand new brand that is new to Reno, Nevada, and is from our beautiful babe over here. So Britton, tell us what Murdoch's is. Well, first of all, hats have been one of my truest loves since I was a kid. I swear I had a hat on in every single picture as a child. And then they quickly became a BLFT signature. We couldn't find the hat that was just perfect. And so we decided to design our own. Murdoch's is a family brand that started in the great state of Nevada in the 1950s. My great grandparents started Murdoch's Western wear. Fast forward 60 years, the Murdoch sisters recreate this homegrown brand by curating a hat line that embodies the spirit of Nevada. We were raised in this amazing state and we watched a Nevadan's ability to put in a hard day's work on the ranch followed by a hard night's play at the casinos. We pulled inspiration from the everyday beauty around us, the sunsets, Lake Tahoe, the mountains, and the forests. I'm not gonna lie, I have full body chills right now because you hit so many nails on the head just now. Like there's nothing that screams Reno, Nevada more than family and community and a little bit of Western. So the fact that you put all of our favorite things together and then you made it all about like bringing back the roots of your family brings me so much joy. Y'all need to check out Murdoch's Hats. Where do you find them? Murdoch'sHatsInApparel.com. We love it. Go shop, y'all. That's a great answer. And it also goes back to like why you're such an amazing artist and creative Mm -hmm. because you do let that kind of inner compass guide you through not only the business decisions that you have to make, but through the creative process. And also it sounds like that decision was made um, kind of subconsciously to prioritize the most important thing in your life, which is your Mm -hmm. kids. And so then you were able to be more present with them. Absolutely. And in turn, maybe grab inspiration Mm -hmm. from being present in traveling over the summer and being able to just be hands-on with them because you kind of have to like weigh that, I guess. You can always go back to your creative outlet, but your kids are only going to be right. So yeah, it just seems like your intuition and just who you are just kind of guides you through life. And it definitely works. I've, I've found that like, I've had a really good, strong intuition looking back on my life. I didn't realize it in my twenties, but then when I had my human design read, that was one of the things that was, that came up was that she was like, do you have a strong intuition? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like when people say they don't, I'm like, how I have such Like it's that, it's that whatever I'm thinking or like, I don't understand it, but that's real to me at the time. And so, yeah, I, I've, I'm grateful for my intuition I'm grateful to be able to listen to it. And it's never guided me wrong. It's taken me from the Bay Area to Tahoe, meeting my husband and finding my passion. Like that was all on intuition. Yeah, I didn't know why I was doing that at the time. Right. So it's always, it's always done me right. <laughs> I think that sometimes people have a hard time understanding that if there's someone who strictly uses logic, Mm -hmm. which there's a lot of people out there and we have a lot of jobs that need to just be analytical and they need to use, you know, just logic. Yes. But logic doesn't explain like the magical places in life. Logic doesn't explain 
coincidences and God winks and all of those things that happen throughout our days and our lives. And so like we, I feel like are people that really dive into that Mm -hmm. kind of aspect and it's good to have both or else our world would be completely upside down. But it's like, so some people listening might, but it obviously works for you. you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think like, you just said like it's important to have both like there's logic Mm -hmm. and that's very important and just because you're an instinctual or an intuitive person doesn't mean that you're not logical my therapist said to me one time she's like you your brain is receiving so much data that you're not even recognizing like three quarters of the data that you're bringing in so your intuition is what is telling you mm. maybe it is logical because yeah. your brain has got all this stuff going on inside. We describe it as intuitive, but mm-hmm. it's literally just all of the data that we've collected that some of it we can't comprehend. It's subconscious. And then we make decisions. And like for me, it's instincts. My whole life, everybody's like, you're so impulsive. You're so impulsive. Yeah, well, some of the most impulsive decisions of my life have been the best decisions of my mm-hmm. life. So posting Haven and Flux on Instagram was impulsive and it's like, and I, and here we are. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, I think that it's really important to like, you know, it doesn't, I know that we, I know all three of us are very spiritual people because I know all three of us outside of this recording studio, but I think spiritual people can get a lot of like hate from a very logical world. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. And I think that when you look at the three of us, we've taken a lot of things that we've brought in from our lives or that we've experienced in our lives. And we we now execute those day to day and we use our intuition to guide us. I'm mm-hmm. getting better. I don't I shouldn't say we I'm getting way better using my intuition because it's been a little black. It's hard. It, it can kind of feel. And when things get get hectic, it's easy to kind of draw away from that. And you mm-hmm. want to just be in control. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, yeah. Things are going haywire. I'm going to control. And our need to feel in control creates anxiety. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like just or, stepping back and being like, okay, what can I actually do today? What, what can I right. take action on today that will release some of this anxiety? What can I actually control? And what do I need to leave to fate in, you know, instinct mm-hmm. and intuition? That was such a good parenting tidbit that you just said. Like as a parent, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I need to do is take a step back when it's feeling chaotic and, you know, like the kids are arguing and I'm making dinner, like take a step back and I can, I don't think I listen to my intuition enough in those moments when I'm parenting and it's getting chaotic. So thank you for saying that. I'm sure that it's really hard. (laughs) I say it. I don't always do it. But that's, that's beautiful. You beautifully said. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay. So what is one thing that you wish you were better at? One thing I wish I was better at. Okay, let me think. I, well, can it be like a skill that yeah. I'm not good at at all? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wish I could play an instrument fluidly enough to express emotions, oh. you know? Mm-hmm. Like when I listen to music, I I emote. I feel yeah. I'm so like tied yes. in. But I wish that I could speak through an instrument in that same way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like how you do with your jewelry. Like how I do with my jewelry. Exactly. I wish I could do that with music because I think it taps into a totally different thing, but important. Mm-hmm. And I bet you'd be so good at seriously. it if you had the time. If I had the time, right? That's the thing. It's like. Yeah. I was taking drum lessons and I got pregnant with my son that had to stop. When I was younger, I was like trying to teach myself how to play guitar, but I never pursued it. And I think that is like a regret of mine that I might have to look into. <laughs> yeah. Do you sing at all? Oh, no. I'm so I'm terrible. My husband, on the other hand, is great. Wow. He's a really good singer and guitarist. Yeah, I can. And songwriter or like I appreciate music, but I'm pretty much tone deaf. Yeah. Same. Can you sing? I think I can, but I don't like to do it in front of anybody. So else. she has so a good I voice. Have no idea. Yeah. So done. you have a good voice. Like I can't you wait know to hear you, you sing. No, I won't. Yes. I won't. So be. just be completely <laughs> honest with you. Like you know, there's no gray area. Yes, it's black exactly. or white. <laughs> yeah, I have to be very like I honestly think Bree is the only person who has heard me sing. Oh, I want to hear you sing. Maybe I know. my mom. Maybe I want to hear you play. I want to hear you sing. Mm-hmm. I will be there for the applause, <laughs> like Lady Gaga says. You guys look for the applause. Okay, then. <laughs> uh, that's very interesting, and I think it totally aligns with just who you are, um, just as a person. I like, love music so much. If you told me I play an instrument, I'd be like, "Yep, <laughs> checks out." I wish tracks. I wish. Um, what keeps you going? Like, what's your why? What's my why? I um, don't know any other way. If I'm going to be totally honest with you, like. Like I said earlier, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I'm just a creative and that's, I can't not create. And it happens to be jewelry because I've always loved jewelry since I was little. But if it wasn't jewelry, it would be something else. Um, I don't know how to not create. That's awesome. But it is it is nice to have my own business and see my kids, you know, watch me go do stuff like this or say mom's got a gig, you know, a show tonight or I'm working on my website and yeah. my husband's like, what's your website? And he gets on his iPad and he's like on my website. And I'm like, that's really cool. That makes me really proud because they're going to grow up and see both of their parents working hard. And not that if I was just a mom, I wouldn't be working hard because they saw me do that as well. But I I am proud to have them have that example of two people doing the entrepreneur gig. So definitely it's a different appreciation. Like I because my mom was a my mom was a mom, just a mom and and not to say just a mom, like Mm -hmm. but I didn't have that appreciation of my mom until I was an adult. And then I was like, oh, shit, you did so much like way more than dad ever did way more than most people do like yeah way crazy. more than working like not way more than working moms but like she was always there my mom was at every game she was like That's we awesome. had lunches at like you know she did everything and she still nonstop. is it's from what it seems oh she yeah. still is yeah it's you so cool that, my mom it's it seems like the hardest job in the world yeah it's um, hard. i have so much admiration for moms for stay-at-home moms for working yes. moms for it's entrepreneurs. so hard yes <laughs> so hard there's no way to um set yourself to, to be ready for it like right. it's crazy being a mom is crazy it's it's really amazing though that that like you would be creating in some aspect is kind of what you're saying but yeah. like the expertise that you have created by being a silversmith is like not only did your passion align with like the creative outlet, like your talent for it and your oh, natural you. ability. Like I know it takes a ton of practice and that's clear that you But it doesn't in the work. feel like that. That's what's crazy. Like it doesn't Because you're a generator. <laughs> yeah. That's why I feel so lucky. Like it it takes a lot of hours, but those don't feel like working hours when I'm just creating. They that's feel so like cool. play. It's just yeah. I mean you guys will I'm sure you're have already stalked her Instagram so you can see her work, but I'm just like looking at it on her right now. It's just it's like distracting. I wear a lot. <laughs> I love like, it. The twist, so like the twist. Like, I you. would be so lost. <laughs> These big old fingers can do oh any of that. And your ear stocks, yeah. like everything. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, so we're talking about chaos, and let's get into some of our like rapid fire, not so rapid fire questions, real quick. Um, I want to know, like, with the mom and the entrepreneur and the wife all the things what is your daily routine like my daily routine i'm we are like early to bed early to rise fam- yep. our whole family are, my kids are as well so we wake up at like 4 30 or 5 okay. and then our kids are right behind us at like 4 45 it's crazy and um first thing i drink if you want the whole detail i yeah. drink 32 ounces of water and then i go to buy black coffee and it's a good cup of coffee we yep. like value our coffee and that's about 10 minutes and then I'm in go mode, <laughs> like water, coffee, and then it's go time. It's like make empty the dishwasher, make the lunches, make the breakfast, do the thing while my husband is doing his thing, like centering himself. He meditates every day. So we like trade off. So like I take the first shift, he does his thing, then he comes in and then I get to go like exercise is key. So sometimes it's a run, sometimes it's yoga, sometimes it's Pilates, sometimes it's a hit workout. It's usually at home and it's 30 to 45 minutes. But that's like sets me right for the day. Mm -hmm. And then it's shower and then it's like my husband leaves and it's the morning. Get my kids to school and then I go to work. If they're in school and there's no lockdowns or COVID exposure or sniffly nose, then I have a whole day of work. Um, And then pick up the kids and then it's dinners in the school year. It's homework and then we're really early to bed. So we're in bed by like 7, 730. do it all again. Are you doing a wind down or are you falling asleep 7, 7.30? It's usually tuck the kids in and then my husband and I have like a show we can watch together. Um, I'm usually by like 8.15. I'm like, okay, I'm out <laughs> and I'm d- asleep. So that's like your normal day. But mm-hmm. and obviously with two kids and also, I mean, three other people. Yeah. I'm sure you have to adapt all the time yes. because of different variables, illnesses, like you always say. So yes. like talk about how you keep you know, you're yeah. chill. So th- yeah, this last week is a good example of that. I've been like running, running, running. We've been on out of town. We've been onto the East Coast. We've been in Mammoth. And so I was like set. 
coming back to work for a whole week. And then we get back, COVID hits our family. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, big deep breath. (laughs) Okay, screw what you thought you were doing this week. You have two kids and you can't go anywhere and your husband's going to be working from home. And and so luckily we didn't get super sick with it. So we were able to just, so like my exercise routine turned into throw Esme on my back and walk up the hill, you know, and then later in the afternoon, get Cohen out up on Mount Rose on his mountain bike and like family hike time where Esme's, that's my exercise for the day. It's carrying Esme on a trail. And so that's like shifting around and, and a huge part of that has been closing the customs because I can hit stop on my business now. Whereas before it was very stressful. If I had a week where my kids were suddenly at home, I went into stress mode. I couldn't be present. I couldn't be happy to spend that extra time with my kids. I was like, well, wow, I have 10 customs I'm supposed to start, you and know, like, like the expectation, not meeting the expectations yes. of others. Yeah. Which my clients like are so sweet and yeah. they never put that on me, but it's me that puts it on me. If right. I have a list of people that are waiting for something, I can't chill. I'm like, right. oh my gosh, stressed. So right. that was a big thing for me. That's awesome. But yeah, it's a lot of pivoting. Yes. I think a lot of parents have experienced that in the last couple of years. I'm sure. Scrambling to figure out what to do with your kids. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're out of time. I know. Um, I want to know, though, I know you have. Well, let's ask the question that we always ask everybody. And then I, I know you have an event coming up. So I want to talk about that, too. Um, but if you could give this is like, as you know, our end of the the discussion. Um, if you could give one piece, but piece of advice to someone starting out in business, what would it be? I would say I've, I'm a firm believer that everybody has a superpower, um, that everybody has a gift that they came here to provide and just trust that, trust that. And that will align you with that. And that will guide your whole business. Um, I think that's really important. I'll try to keep it brief. Yes, I am a firm believer in that as well. Mm -hmm. Like what makes you you? And even if you like don't like it, don't fight that. Mm -hmm. Dive into it, Mm -hmm. you know? And then that's where you can create a business. Yeah. Because it makes you unique and no one can come for that. Yeah, and you'll attract your perfect clientele because they're attracted to that specific gift. Like you have a candle business, but your thing is the mental health. Like Mm -hmm. that's what makes it unique. And that's what attracts people to want to continue to buy your besides they smell so good. Besides I mean the best candles ever. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks guys. Um, Okay. So talk to us a little bit before we go, where can our listeners find you both the event that you're doing? I want to hear about that. And then also like, how do they look you up? So Adornment by Nicole everywhere at gmail.com, on Instagram, TikTok, and .com. So adornmentbynicole.com is my website, um, is where you can find me. And I right now I'm looking at an event that's the first week of September, and it's the Reno uh, Tahoe International Art Show. And it's the first year of its kind, and it's going to be big. I hope everyone's looking out for it. It's going to be amazing, featuring the region's best artists from painting to photography to sculpture to every form of art there's going to be live music it's going to be amazing where is it it's um i believe it oh gosh i'm not sure it's okay i think it's at the um convention center oh perfect yeah but don't look it up because i'm not totally sure um so i'm aiming for that and and why i say that is because at the next few weeks i'm going to be making pieces that are breaking me out of my normal creative box i'm going to really stretch myself and just try to make the most amazing standout pieces possible for the show so i'm mm. super excited <laughs> if this i'm excited is, to see yeah if this necklace is any indication yeah. of what we're about to see i cannot wait and like i would also highly recommend everybody go on to i'm sure i'm not on tiktok but like your instagram your reels are amazing. Like oh, your stories you. are amazing. I love watching you create. It's yes. so fun. You're so good at that. Oh, thank I've you. I've learned so much about the process of cool. It, yeah. And it makes me appreciate the jewelry so much. Yeah. I love watching people make stuff. Yes. Like it doesn't matter what it is. I love watching people make stuff. That's what I love about social media, um, carpentry or stained glass yeah. or whatever. So yeah, definitely. I try to share stuff in my stories when I'm in my studio. So I keep a that. lookout in the next few weeks because there's going to be some cool stuff. Love so it. excited. All right. Well, yeah. I, this is the part that I wrote down because I was like, oh, God, don't forget that you don't know this off the top of your head. So let me pull that up. 
Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Nicole, yeah, for being here. That part guys. I do remember. I do have manners. I do remember those. No, thank you really girls so much. This it. is an honor. I'm a big listener. So it's it's oh, t- very touching it. to be here with you guys. Well, we're so glad that we waited until we had like really strong foundation. So yes. we could yeah. bring you on. I know. <laughs> I know. And like for you to give us some of your time. Thank you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Thank um, you guys. All right. Well, y'all know the drill. Follow along. Brit on Blast. And find us at BLFT Reno and Haven and Flux and Murdoch Hats and Apparel online. If you like the show, subscribe and review Bird on Blast on whatever platform you're listening on. Yay. Thank <laughs> y'all so much. Cheers. We'll talk at you next week. This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.